Coming up on the Smitty and Mitty Show this week, we're joined by Danny Vietti from CBS Sports to talk all about Major League Baseball. Plus, the NFL returns, and Canadian men's basketball is off to the Olympics. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show back for another week here across the TSMS radio network and the Smitty and Mini Show podcast. Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton here across your radio dials and wherever you happen to be listening to on the podcast mr middleton good to see you as always a big thank you to our sponsors gold line curling the choice of champions and dave middleton sunlight financial life is brighter under that big shiny sun mr middleton good to see you again uh first of all do you think we should probably apologize for not having an episode last week i feel like that's something we should do i think you should apologize for not having an episode last week really this all falls on me Guy guy takes a whole week off I, I told you, I will be at the cabin. I will barely have internet. I will be gone. You're going to have to cover the week. And on Friday, I was like, hey, so who's on the show this week? My mom's asking for the radio. And you're like, no show. Nope. I'm, I st- other stuff got in the way. I'm just saying, I did my job to pre-tell you that I wasn't going to be there. I even said I'd get you a guest. And you said, no, I'll do it myself. Well, and I did do it myself. But then... No. Things got, the majors game got canceled, moved to the next day, and I had to cancel that interview, find a different one for the following day, which got booted at the last minute. And then by that point, it was Thursday at like nine o'clock, and I was just mentally exhausted and decided that there was going to be no show last week. So apologies to everybody out there who was looking for a new Smitty and Mitty show. You probably heard a rerun of Ben Shulman from the week prior. It's a pretty good episode to get a rerun. Pretty good guest to get a rerun of Ben Shulman. By the way, uh, Later in this episode, we're going to have some more baseball as the co-host of the Wake and Ray podcast, along with a, a bunch of other stuff. Danny Vietti is going to be joining us past interviewee, interviewee on the Smitty Mitty Show. He's going to hop on, join us in third time, fourth time, whatever. Always fun to talk to Danny out on that uh, West Coast. So we're going to get to talk, as we always do, we're going to talk about some Shohei Otani with him and a lot of other baseball. Uh, so we'll get to Danny in just a little bit. I didn't want to start the show off like that. I didn't want to start the show off blaming you. I want to start the show off on a happy note. Okay. Is there happy news? Is what? There's what? great news. Oh. Oh. Because all week, all week last week, I was getting these Snapchats just about how nervous my friend was. How nervous he was. And I knew exactly why. Because I knew what you bought months ago. And all of a sudden, here's the Snapchat. Mr. Noah Smith is an engaged man. Noah Smith. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. 153 she... episodes, and we've both gotten engaged in the time we've been doing this show. So now we got to keep going until you get married. Wow. This is a tall a... task. I know. That is a tall task. I know. It felt like it was winding down, but we got to ramp it back up <laughs> <laughs> to get to your wedding because we got to have, uh... and you got to invite Dave Middleton so that he can. He can do it live. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, did she did she hesitate at all? Because I feel like there would be a hesitation there. Hundred percent. Um, but I don't think it was intentional. It was just a whole lot of tears and no answer. And I don't know if that's like normal for women, but like I was like, I, I did not hear a yes. Like it, it took a solid two minutes for me to get an actual yes out of there. It was a lot of you know, tears, a lot of happy, I'm hoping, tears, maybe sad tears, mm-hmm. who knows? Before finally getting the the actual answer I needed. Yeah, don't feel bad because I still haven't gotten an answer. I still don't know. I mean, we're married, so I'm assuming the answer at this point, but I still, there's been no commitment, really. So. You got the I do, but you didn't get the yes? Yeah, exactly. So you're still so waiting. I skipped over a piece, but she was just too shocked because like, well, t- first of all, tell us how it happened. Tell us how, come on, gossip. About I spill the beans, spill the beans. Yeah. Well, yeah. show gossip. Uh, we, uh, we like to camp. We're campers. That's what we do. We have a trailer together. So uh, we were out on just a camping trip, which 
Um, I don't know how she didn't catch any of the hints because uh, normally our camping trips are very much like anybody who wants to come can come. Like if you want to come stop in for a visit, sure, go ahead. But I made sure absolutely nobody was coming this weekend, which should have been her first hint. Um, I was hiding stuff. I was, you know, the normal nervous wreck, but she didn't pick up on it because, you know, I had a few whiskeys and that is very much par for the course on a Saturday camping trip. So why would you expect? Wait, 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 wait. So you had whiskeys pre proposition. Uh-huh. Had to nerves. Had to. Just a ball, just a ball of nerves. Just what do you bad. think? What do you think the percent of engagements done whilst a little buzzed are? I bet you'd be lower than you think. Are you suggesting that it's high? Cause I bet you I, it's not that high. I would think a lot of people are in your boat and just a bit nervous. You got you got a whole bunch. Like I had a friend who proposed to somebody at Boots and Hearts because he was hammered. Like that doesn't count, right? Yeah. That doesn't count. But just to know it's coming and then to have to have yourself a shot of something just to get yourself through it, I would say that's probably a little normal, no? I think so. I think so. It, it, the, don't get me what, wrong. What I, I was not like I'll throw the D word out there. I was not drunk, but I just needed a little something to take the edge off, you know? The D word. Like I, I over under, I'd put it at uh, thirty two and a half percent. Okay, I was thinking a little bit lower. I was thinking like twenty percent, just because I mm-hmm. feel like most guys wouldn't want their, you know, like future wife to know that, because she might think like, oh, you you needed to be drinking to think that I was good enough to marry, right? Like that's what I was expecting, but I didn't get any of that, thank God, because you know what, it was just it was a little something to take the edge off, and I waited a little bit later in the day. I wasn't gonna wait all that time to have a whiskey i'm on vacation after all <laughs> right like yes there's an attention behind this trip but i am on vacation and i'm gonna enjoy the sunshine so who's like the first thing she did was call somebody right who was her first phone call uh mom, was it a friend was, or a family it, i think it was her parents it was parents and then did you ask the dad bigger question i got a lot had, of to, had to ask the dad had to dad, how did that go how did that that, that might have been worse and i couldn't drink for that one so I, I did have to ask him. She made it very clear that she wanted the father to be asked prior. So um, I ended up actually, I, I was moving my brother to his new job. So I had to borrow his uh, like utility trailer. So that's when I was going to ask him when I was picking it up. And then he canceled on me the day that I was supposed Uh-oh. to do it. Spent eight hours at work, working myself up to do this. And then he canceled on me because obviously he didn't know this was going to happen. So uh ended up asking him the next day. He was all good. Talked about how, how good of a guy I am, which, you know, just, you know boost burst the tires up a little bit you know doesn't know you very well apparently no no hasn't spent enough time around me so i <laughs> uh, think i'm a great guy still so you know what after all all in all is good um and now as you've known from texting over the last little bit apparently like there's no like there's no break you just get right into planning everything like it has been non-stop in the last two weeks yeah i don't know i don't know if we were like that to be honest with you i, I can't remember but I, I mean, I know we picked a venue pretty quick because you do have to get like your date in because some of them, and this was during COVID too, when like weddings weren't happening. And then all of a sudden they were all happening at the same time. So you were pretty stuck on like, we have two dates available, pick one of these two in two years. So we had to do that pretty quick, but I think everything else kind of moved fairly slowly all in all. Yeah. And I think maybe that's just what I'm getting right now. Cause we're just kind of finalizing dates and venues and all that stuff. And I think after that, it'll slow down a little bit because I mean, what else is there to pick? I mean, I'm going to let her handle everything else, buddy. There is a bunch of things. If uh, There's no, this isn't advice cause it's really bad advice. But the one thing I dug my foot in is that I was going to be picking my suit and tie. That was it. That's fair. Yeah. That is my thing. I get to pick my suit and ties and I get to pick who's at my wedding party. Those are the things that everything else I really could care less about. Yeah. She gave, she gave me the food because I'm just the chef. So I got to pick the food and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my, I need to be able to pick my suit and color, which is going to be tough for you. Yeah. Everything's well, just going to be great. Well, she floats the, uh, the question the other day, she goes, what do you think about like accessory colors? And I'm like, dear, dear, I'm colorblind. You could make the wedding gray. And I think it's a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> right like you're you're asking the wrong guy just a normal tuesday in noah's world if everything's great right like this is just like i have no idea go ahead go i floated wild. the idea of i floated the idea of trying to have my wedding on like a thursday because i thought we would save a lot of money on bookings i think on a thursday and everyone would be available that got shut down pretty quick apparently like friends and family need to come so well true 
anyways uh thank you for the congratulations obviously uh some big news going on so uh we got some sports coming up on the show do you want to get to anything now or do you want to just hold it off uh move on to the next segment danny vietti's about ready to join us here in the next little bit let's let's get to danny and then on the other side we'll do some some more baseball obviously we'll talk baseball with we've got blue jays nfl season starting up nfl yes uh canadian men's basketball team man we got a lot to get to on the show Okay, uh, Danny Vettier is going to join us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast and the TSMS radio network. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today. I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Joining us this week from CBS Sports as well as the Wake and Rake podcast, uh, returning guest on the show, Mr. Danny Vietti. Danny, thanks for hopping on. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me as always. I didn't know where to start, but I feel like every time we talk to you, we, we talk about Shohei Otani, and we always have to. So let's do it again, because he is in the news, as he always is. And I wonder who made the biggest mistake. Is it Shohei, is it his agent, or is it the Angels? Because it looks like now he's in risk of making less money, possibly. Maybe his like two-way days are coming to an end. I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like everything's up in the air. Who made the biggest mistake? Oh, gosh. Where do we start with the Angels, right? Do we start back in, you know, 2014, 15, when the Angels refused to spend any money on starting pitching? Do we go back to the earlier days when Vernon Wells was given a massive contract, Josh Hamilton given a massive contract, CJ Wilson a massive contract? The Angels have been, frankly, a disaster for the better half of, of two decades at this point, ever since they were, uh, you know, hoisting the trophy in 02. They've been a, pretty much a disaster front office wise they have a reputation of treating their minor league farm systems very very poorly refusing to invest in their farm systems um i personally think it starts at the top and trickles down um unfortunately uh the people that are going to be blamed um who knows who comes out as as a scapegoat of it all but uh the angels have been a disaster for a long time now i think shohei is still going to get paid um i think all indications are that, uh, you know, at least history tells us that pitching injuries aren't as um, they don't cause career enders as much as they used to. So I, I say that hopeful, uh, both as a fan and uh, just like as a person covering the sport. That was going to be the lead into the next question, actually, is would this scare you away at all from paying him the kind of money that he's I, I, I think it's un doubtable that he's going to be making probably the largest contract in baseball history and it might scare me now to think that how many years are you really going to get the two-way show hey is this injury just it's the second time that this injury has kind of happened to him i we don't know what's going to happen surgically wise if you're going to need some repairs on that elbow again uh and if he does how long is it going to last like it's it would scare me to give him the kind of numbers for a pitcher and hitter when you might just get the hitter in two years time I would respond to that and say that I had my own questions and reservations about how long he was going to be able to sustain this even before the injuries happened. Like, obviously, he had the original TJ surgery back in, was it 2019? Um, And so there was that, obviously, you know, kind of hovering over his head. Uh, We've never seen anybody play this many games on on both sides of the ball and then also do so um, while I think he's missed before this new injury, I think he missed two games all season long. So like we've never seen a guy put this much pressure and this much weight on their shoulders. Babe Ruth didn't, didn't do it. You know, like like nobody has done this now will be history. And that's not to mention that guys are throwing harder than they ever have before. They're swinging harder. They're hitting balls further. 
Um, so me personally, I had my reservations. I, I've been on record saying it before this year with the pitch clock being implemented too, things were sped up. And so there were uh, concerns whether injuries would rise. And we've seen a lot of guys go down this year. Robbie Ray is another one. Um, the entire Tampa Bay Rays starting rotation going down. So uh, in, in regards to how much he's going to get paid before this new arm injury that he sustained, People were looking at his numbers since 2021. He has a higher OPS and obviously higher offensive war uh, than Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is the second largest total value contract as a hitter, as a position player. And then if you look at his numbers pitching-wise since 2021, they are very comparable in both ERA, wins above replacement, strikeout per nine, to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has the largest contract as a pitcher. So you put those two together and you're exceeding up over $600 million, Mookie Betts' contract and Garrett Cole's contract. Now, if he's only Mookie Betts, you can make the argument that he's still worth up over $300 million. Got to consider his age and the fact that he doesn't play a defensive position. But right now, if he's only a position player, you're still looking at a guy that's worth $300 million plus. Okay, so let's play the theoretical game where Shohei Otani uh, does have to kind of put down doing both positions, right? He can't pitch, he can't hit, whether that's shortly down the road or a little bit further down the road. There's more value in Shohei Otani as the batter, am I right? Or do you kind of have to weigh this in terms of injuries and what happens down the road? If you're the front office for the Angels or whatever team lands Shohei Otani, would you rather have his bat or would you rather have the arm? I guess it depends on the team. It could be case by case, you know, like some teams obviously need more pitching than hitting. Um, pitching nowadays in 2023, healthy pitchers, what I should kind of rephrase and say, uh, they're very hard to come by. I mean, the fact that guys are throwing 98 consistently as starting pitchers 100 times a game, aiming for 25, 30 starts a year, the human body is not built to withstand that, you know, so like, the baseball has seemed to evolve quicker than our bodies have been able to evolve. And I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, I don't have a, a medical degree by any means, but we've seen injuries, particularly among starting pitchers increase year after year. The pitch clock's not going to, you know, it seemingly isn't, isn't helping things either. So it's hard to bet on pitchers right now. We're not seeing pitchers get these eight year deals because of the injury concerns. Very rarely a, a, Maybe a Garrett Cole, like we mentioned, is getting a long-term deal. So um, the better bet, obviously, the safer bet is going to be offensive Shohei. Um, anytime you're talking about a starting pitcher nowadays, there's going to be risk involved. You've mentioned it twice here in that pitch clock. And I, I wonder what your – because there's been a lot of positive things said about these changes that were brought in this year. And I wonder kind of what your evaluation of the new rules for the MLB, the new-look MLB this year is. I mean, entertainment factor wise, I think it's great. You know, I can't get up off my couch, go grab a snack real quick or else I'll miss something very, very important. And then I got to, you know, head into the chat and be like, what the hell just happened? Which um, for us big guys, by the way. Like, yeah, that's I mean, I guess I should put that as a negative, right? Like the, the pitch clock's terrible because I can no longer get my snacks in time. Um, but it. it Let's get back on track. Uh, the, the entertainment factor has been better. Uh, viewership has been has increased. Attendance has been up this year. So the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Um, I think we can continue to uh, take further steps. Personally, I, I have, I'm probably going to get burned for this, but that's all right. I personally think there's no use for mound visits anymore. I, I don't understand mound visits. You get 18 timeouts in a game in between innings. There's nine innings. There's two timeouts in between those innings. Um, I maybe you know, obviously you got to make exceptions for injuries, stuff like that. But I personally don't see a use in mound visits. I think, I think personally, they're at this point, they're pretty much useless. I think the only time you see mound visits anymore is when a manager is trying to get their guys in the bullpen more time. I don't think that's necessary, you know, in baseball. So, um, I think baseball is just continuing to evolve, and I think they're gonna see this as a success story and they're probably gonna look to uh, other areas where they can see improvement. Yeah, well, and we could probably we we can see the MLB. Sorry, Noah, to to maybe they're going to go too far at some point, right? Like they're going to keep going because it's going to keep being yeah. a success, and eventually they'll take it too far, and then they'll have to step back. I don't know where that too far is, but I don't think anyone also is missing, you know, three and a half hour baseball games. I don't think anyone is is here clamoring for those games. 
No, and we saw uh, start times start to uh, move to the 6.30, 6.45 time, local time, about two years ago. And I think that was kind of like a foreshadowing of what was to happen because people don't want to wait up till 11 p.m. on a you know random Thursday in June to watch a baseball game. 162 games is lengthy. And Major League Baseball has shown, um, or, or at least the uh, – uh, MLBPA and Major League Baseball have discussed shortening the season from 162 to possibly even 120, but it's so convoluted because now you're talking about fewer games. Does that mean the players get paid less? Players are going to say, hell no, we're going to get paid just as much. There's a lot going into that, but uh, it's a long season, man. And and, and I know people get upset at the extra innings rule as well, because it's not natural baseball as we've I've, as we've grown to love but um I, I personally love the rule changes i agree with you there's going to come a point where how authentic and organic is the game and that's really what you have to ask yourselves when you're talking about rule changes well on the major league baseball players association major league baseball they continue to look at these rule changes they continue to work like as we sit here with new rules in 2023 they're still looking at stuff down in the minor leagues. I was actually reading an article today about how in AAA they're looking at, um, they're taking the the strike calls and giving the catchers, the managers, a chance to challenge strike calls when they want. They have a set amount, whatever that may be, and they can challenge calls if they want and get a review fairly quickly. I think that's probably the next thing that we're going to see in the major leagues. And I got to wonder if this is going to be the right thing to do for major league baseball. I know the talk is automated umpiring and I don't know if they're willing to make that switch a hundred percent to automate it. I made the claim about a year and a half ago that we would have some type of automatic strike system uh, by 2024. And it's seemingly going that direction. I think at this point, when you have the technology that we have, and I, I don't want to put the blame on umpires that, that, that I think that's a really crucial point here is that, a lot of people are wanting to go to this automatic strike system, uh, strike ball system. And a lot of people claim that umpires are on the decline and um, they've gotten worse. And I don't think umpires have gotten worse. I actually think they've gotten better. But the problem is, is that the game is so much faster pace. And not only do they have to worry about 102 with sync movement, movement in on the hands to go along with a 92 mile an hour slider moving the opposite direction, but they also have to worry about the pitch clock now they also have to worry about oh did the uh hitter already ask for his one timeout like these home plate umpires have so much that they have to juggle uh for a nine inning ball game and, and they you know these guys are doing home behind the plate home plate umpiring for 40 50 60 times in a season that's a lot to ask anybody it doesn't matter their age it doesn't matter if they're you know, uh, in in their in the middle of their prime at 24 years old and is in the is, is the best umpire in baseball. That's a lot to ask, and so the game is continuing to evolve. And it's not about umpires being bad. It's just a mere fact that humans are not capable of being 100 percent correct with how fast these balls are flying. And let alone too, that to throw in, I think some of these people that want a fully animated strike zone, and, and I agree with both of you, I want kind of a challenge system, I think, because it is hard for umpires, and there are some umpires that maybe shouldn't be doing it anymore, but we're not going to mention specific names. Um, but I think it, it is just getting hard with 103 on the black when you're you're talking about centimeters that people are looking at and on those little boxes on the screen and saying, oh, that was way out. No, it wasn't. It was off by... Uh, two centimeters and you are or or a half an inch if you will in the states and 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 you're getting upset about it um but that being said i think we have seen or okay that being said i think people aren't taking into effect how strong the umpires union is as well and yeah. it would be hard for you to go to say we're going to take this job completely away from you to say we're going to give you reviews i think that's a harder thing to fight but to say that we are going to take balls and strikes completely away from you i think that's going to create a stir Yes and no. Um, the, the umpires union is very, very strong. Um, people kind of underestimate that fact too, because uh, they've been able to withstand a lot of things over the years. Major League Baseball has tried to change different things, and and they're very strong. They have a good leadership and everything. Um, I think if you were to, if you were willing to 
give the uh, umpires union and their umpires an opportunity for their job to be easier while also having the same amount of pay, I think they'd be pretty idiotic, idiotic to say no thanks. If you have an automatic strike ball system, um, your job immediately becomes easier. And all of a sudden, you're not getting as many nasty direct messages on Twitter because of a call you made in the ninth inning in some random game in July. So the the positive for the union would be, hey, you're going to get paid the same amount and your job is going to get a whole lot easier. So I, that would be my argument for, you know, like, like, why would you say no to your job being easier? Yeah, I mean, that that's not a bad point, too. I just wonder. Um, I don't think people like control being taken away from them. And that's an umpire specifically. I don't know if they just like that control um, of games because umpires have different strike zones, right or, rightly or wrongly. Um, and they've been doing it for a long time, some of these guys. Uh, but I want to move on to, and uh, as we move on here with Danny uh, Vietti on the Smitty Mitty Show, I want to talk about these rich teams and specifically, you know, the Mets um, and the Padres, these teams that are spending a lot of money and seem to be coming up short. Um, is there going to be a time where spending money is going to become uh, not the popular thing to do, where it's going to be tough? to sell to an owner that we're going to spend this much money on a team that might not make the playoffs. Yankees too. Right. Um, I, I think that overall this season, the way that teams are spending money, we're seeing the Baltimore Orioles with the second or third lowest payroll in baseball. And they have the best record in the American league East and American league. Um, I, I think it overall it's been a bad omen for baseball because what you don't want to see is encouraging owners to spend less because we've seen what's happened in Oakland. Um, a, an owner that has had zero investment in the team and the fans. And now their team is going to be packing their suitcases likely for Vegas. And it has been to no fault or to little fall, I should say uh, of the fans in Oakland. So I, I think what's happened this year and that you really wanted to see the Mets and Padres hacks have success. At least I did not necessarily because I want to see teams buy championships, but you want to see teams encouraging their ownership and their front offices to spend money. With that being said, I still think that there's an argument to be had that the teams that have been able to hoist a trophy in recent years have all been at least top 15 in payrolls. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, they were top, I think, 12 in payroll when they won the the title. Nationals in 2019, the Dodgers in 2020, um, the Houston Astros, they were one of the, they actually were the lowest payroll in all of baseball before they started getting the Altuves and the Bregmans and the Springers. Uh, and all of a sudden they started investing into their club and then they won a couple of World Series and now they become an American League dynasty. So there's still incentive to spend money. I just don't think there's as much incentive anymore, at least the evidence shows, to be top four, top five in payroll because evidence shows that there's more to baseball than just spending and giving guys blank checks. Well, I think more yeah. importantly, you're starting to see uh, teams taking lessons from it, right? Like you said, because um, you can you can save the examples all you want about Baltimore, who's first place in the American League East, about how they're doing this season great but then you got other teams who are trash like are terrible baseball teams who aren't spending money so i think baseball is better off like baseball as a whole is better off when owners are at least willing to spend money they don't have to every single year um and certainly teams go through their their ups and downs right they go through their ebbs and flows of when they're spending and when they're not but baseball as a whole is better off when teams are willing and, and ownerships are willing to spend money and you're going to see that right these teams are making it in baltimore is a good team this year does it necessarily mean they're going to have success and actually win in the playoffs not necessarily but and as long seen, with, uh, i'm sorry but as long with them and and the astros too as an example it took years of very bad baseball teams to be able to uh have the young talent on those minor contracts to be able to compete with the low like our teams like the Yankees aren't going to, they are not going to put up with five years of hundred lost teams or whatever it is to be able to have a young talented team to come up. That's just not going to happen. And we're seeing these analytically driven uh, front offices, not uh, all 30 teams use analytics. That's not to say that, you know, 
like teams don't use, there are certain teams that don't use analytics. That's not true. But you think of the clubs that really rely on it, the Oakland A's, Tampa Bay Rays, um, San Francisco Giants now, the Boston Red Sox, Heim Bloom, and then the Dodgers too. How many of those teams have won World Series uh, with this analytically driven front offices? Farhan Zaidi has come up short in San Francisco. Heim Bloom has come up short so far in Boston. Uh, the Dodgers had the 2020-60 game World Series. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays have still not hoisted a trophy. So uh, analytics has proven that you can win games in regular season with it. But uh, the proof is in the pudding that we have not seen too many teams win a trophy uh, while having you know low payrolls only based on analytics. All right, one final one to finish us off here. Once again, Danny Vietti joining us here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Uh, playoffs just around the corner. There's a lot of exciting races, still a lot of jockeying for position. Uh, but we like to end off the show on this note. What? Who's your favorite? Like, who do you think has the best chance coming into the playoffs as we as we get into September here at racing that trophy come the end of October? On paper, Atlanta's the best team without a doubt. I mean, they have, I think, 11 different guys on their uh in their offense with OPSs over league average which is just ridiculous. I mean you got guys on their bench with above average offensive years. It's 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 insane. Uh and then they also are going to have they just got Max Freed back and they're hoping to get Kyle Wright back too. So they're going to get uh even better on the on the pitching side of things too. So on paper Atlanta is scariest. A team that I uh, warned people about last year in the American league is the Seattle Mariners, because this is, a, this is a team that has a lineup that can get hot. As we've seen, they've been the best team in all of baseball since the all-star break. Julio Rodriguez has turned himself into, if not for Otani an American league MVP candidate. Um, and this is a team that has streaky pitching and their bullpen has gotten healthier and healthier too, with Munoz coming back. So um, Luis Castillo has been an American league Cy young candidate uh george kirby they have a lot of dudes and all of a sudden they're healthier and healthier and this is a team that can get hot last year they played the houston astros who obviously ended up hoisting the entire trophy they took the, the astros uh they gave them an absolute fight man i mean they went 18 innings in game three they ended up losing one zero uh they lost on a walk-off home run uh by Jordan alvarez in game one and then they were actually leading through the first five innings in game two. So all three games, they were in it against the eventual champs. I think Seattle's dangerous. That just, when you're talking about Atlanta, that just reminded me too of, of the tweet, uh, one of your tweets, Marley, Robert Acuna Jr. It's just an absolute animal. It says something here, like, oh, two counts, he's hitting 429. And two oh counts, he's hitting 200. That, that home run he hit to the opposite field, staying on it at 121 miles an hour or whatever it was, was just absolutely ridiculous. He seems, and he almost seems like he does it under the radar a little bit, unless you're kind of a hardcore baseball fan. I don't know if the Braves get enough uh, publicity for him to be considered one of the best hitters in baseball, which he undoubtedly is. I think he gets uh, not overlooked. That's the wrong word, but because the rest of the guys in his lineup are so good, everyone just kind of like glosses over him a little bit. It's like, he's unbelievable. He he really is. And, and the fact that he's only what, 25 years old, and we're probably going to get another 10 years of him. Uh, we should all just consider ourselves very lucky. Uh, Danny, well, thank you. joining us here on the Speedy Mitty Show. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, thank you for joining us, Danny. Always a blast. And uh, we'll have to talk again soon. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Back! 
with the married and engaged, the Smitty and Mitty here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Got the TSMS Radio Network. Danny Vietti on the other side. We appreciate him joining us as always. Do you want to continue with baseball? Or you want to get into football? Because you know what? As we talk, football has already started. No matter where you're listening to us, if it's on Tuesday in Ottawa, it's over. The week of week one is week in the one. books. Yep. If not, Thursday night is probably in the books. You got your Kansas City Chiefs taking on Detroit Lions Thursday night in a game that I I don't know if this is if this is a hot take or not. I have a hard time watching game one. It's like the bill of, the because the of the Bills were in it last night yeah. or last week, right? So or last year. So like I did watch that. I had to watch my Bills on opening night. But I truly have a hard time most days or most years because the game doesn't kick off till you know, oh, nine, yeah. nine fifteen, nine thirty with all the ceremonies they have to do. Why can't we do that at seven o'clock and still have the game kick off at eight thirty? Exactly. Why can't we why why like for once, let's just respect the people in the eastern time zone. <laughs> well, and it it goes back to to be honest with you, the NFL timing in general, because take away the ceremonies and everything, it's an eight twenty kickoff scheduled. Like I feel like that's late in general. I can understand it if you are actually gonna get on, like get the game going at eight twenty it maybe could slide, but they never do, right? The game's never kicking off at 8.20. Even the Monday nighter, which uh, Buffalo's playing in, 8.15, I think, kickoff, you know it's probably not yeah. going to start on time. That's a late night. And for us, yeah, it's, it's folk in the Eastern time zone, it sucks. But, I mean, uh, like, that was a half joke about the Eastern time zone because, obviously, <laughs> that's, that's like, what, 4.30 or 5 o'clock? five o'clock in the on, on the west coast so like they're not going to keep it away from prime time they're going to have it in prime time across the country and, and football people are going to watch if it's my bills i'm watching until the game's over i don't care what time i get to bed because it's one night out of the week that doesn't concern me too much it's just, it's just opening night that always goes on way it's the same kind of with the super bowl you know like usually a later kickoff that turns into a midnight game because you got the halftime show, you got the pregame presentations, you got the postgame ceremony. Like it's just, but you know, but you know damn well you're going to watch all of those. Yeah, exactly. and it's going to a late night. I get it. I get it. Uh, Sunday's the real kickoff to the season for me, though, and I think you would agree to that, right? Like Sunday is. Um, I can already tell you, I'm going to be sitting down by the TV, probably cook myself up a little snack, and watch some football, play some bets. Because that's what I've been doing the last few years since you got me hooked, and now this is these are my Sundays. I tend to, I I would love to, and I do book off sometimes where I can sit down and just watch football a day. Because there's nothing better than watching the one o'clock kickoff and being done at you know nine thirty, ten o'clock at night when the the Sunday nighter's over. You're just done with the day, and watching just triple screens. You got pizza, you got wings, you got chips, you got everything going on. You got some buddies watching. Nothing better. But that being said, a lot of uh, my fellow officiants in the OHA tend to book the Sundays off to watch football. So I tend to gobble all those games off to take my Sunday money. Sunday money. So I'm actually in Park Hill this week, which kind of sucks. But uh, one thirty game, I think I'll be done in time for the four o'clock window. I'll get. I'll, I'll make my. I'll make it home. You got to do, right. do to make that money, though, son. And I mean, the Bills play on a Monday night, so it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Bills. Jets, how worried are you with the Bills in the AFC East this year? The Bills have, and I think, uh, I can't remember exactly where I saw this, I apologize, but uh, the third hardest schedule in the National Football League this season. Um, and let's not beat around the bush, it's going to be tough. There are some tough games in the Bills' schedule. It feels like there always is, though. I feel like that's just what you get when you play in the AFC and in the AFC East. You're going to get a lot of challenging football games. Like, is it what is a reasonable record for the Bills this year? Well, like, when you're when you're, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose probably three, maybe four games for sure. I would think. Like, it's a tough you, schedule. When you are a division champion, then you're gonna get the other division champions, right? So you got um, a bunch of hard games, and let alone the AFC East just being really hard in the first place. I mean, your New England Patriots are probably the worst team uh, by far. You're at the Jets. You got Vegas, uh, Washington, Miami, Jacksonville, Giants, Patriots. Like just, it's, you got Cincinnati on there. You got Philly on there. Uh, you got Kansas City on there. You got Dallas on there. Uh, you got the Chargers on there. Like it's a really 
really, really tough schedule for the Bills this year. And it's going to be really hard to win the division because there's going to be other teams that will have a little lighter schedules that will be able to pick up some garbage time wins. But that being said, I, I don't see the Bills not making the playoffs. And maybe this year playing all those hard games will just teach them to harden up a little bit. And when it comes time to play those hard games in the playoffs, then you'll be able to perform in a better way and push yourself even further to the elusive Super Bowl. Well, I, I do think it, it prepares you better for sure, right? There's no doubt about it. Uh, not to switch over to baseball that we were talking about, but look at any team that plays in the American League East, right? Even if you just scrape into a wild card spot, spot by being in the AL East, I think you're better for it because you've played in a tougher division all year long. And that's the same said for for the AFC East and, you know, the Bills, right? They might not win the division, but if they can make it into the playoffs, and I think they still will, of course, they're going to be better for it because they've played a tougher schedule. They've played some games that are going to be uh, a lot more closely related to playoff football games throughout the course of the regular season. So does that mean that you think the Toronto Blue Jays are better off having played worse baseball? To possibly make the playoffs and if they would have just been the Baltimore Orioles and and you know sped away to the top of the AL East no I didn't say that that's not what I was saying it's kind of what saying said. do you think do you think an American League East team and, and back to baseball do you think an American League East team is better prepared for the playoffs than American League Central team or does it matter like am I reading way too much into this because um, to me playing in a tougher division makes you more prepared for playoff baseball because you're playing games, right? Like who leads the American league East right now? They've been leading the American league East and they're going to lead the American league East until the final day of the regular season or, or the, or the central division, right? Like it's, it almost seems like those divisions are way easier to win and it's no secret. Well, they are. And there's worse teams that are going to win those divisions. So obviously your wild card team, that's going to come out of the AL East to more than likely that are going to come out of the AL East to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to be stronger teams just because if you were to put them in the AL Central, they would win that division hands down in the first place. Let's move on. Let's do some Blue Jays. Can we do some Blue Jays here? How, how much time do we have? Do we have a little bit of time? Uh, we got about four and a half minutes. Did you want to talk? I know we talked a little bit of Blue Jays with Dan, right? Do we want to go more into it? or Because there is one more thing I think we need to kind of talk about here. Okay, what's that? The Canadian men's basketball team. Right. Like, I feel like they deserve at least a little bit of love here on the Smitty and Mitty show. I know we're not big basketball guys, but we got to talk about it. Right. Qualifying for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Now, what my, my question is, what does this do for Canadian basketball? And maybe along that line, how strong is Canadian basketball? Are we seeing kind of a new era of Canadian basketball that will maybe enthrall this country because i don't think canada is by any means a basketball country we like winners right and when our soccer team performs we will follow it when our hockey team is constantly performing we will follow it, right so i wonder if you know having all these nba players and even not everyone is playing in this tournament there are still a bunch of guys who who decided not to play or couldn't play jamal murray being one of the top of that at that list so I wonder how much of an effect this will have on Canadian basketball in the fans. I think it will be, well, it's going to be a positive effect on Canadian Obviously, basketball. Yes. There, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, you're playing the, like these qualifying tournaments and the, and these FIBA championships uh, like the top players aren't playing in these, right? Like they're gearing up for the NBA season. Most of the time, the top players aren't playing in this. Uh, so Canada goes in here, and I think qualifying for the Olympics is a massive step, and it is going to help Canadian basketball tremendously. Yeah, like you said, there's no secret. Canada, really, they just like to cheer for a winner. Um, and if Canadian basketball were to go back on the downswing and we start not qualifying for these games, we start losing a lot, we're not making it far in international tournaments, um, I think that really does negatively affect the game. But more importantly... I think is the NBA success. Obviously the NBA is in a bigger spotlight than international basketball is. And you start seeing these guys playing in the pro leagues, right? In the national basketball league, you're, you're you start to see 
in the youth, right? Like more kids out playing basketball. Basketball numbers are up at the high school level, at the youth level below it. Uh, there's no doubt that there's more kids getting involved nowadays. And it's only going to be a matter of time, right? You saw it with uh, Toronto Blue Jays' success in baseball. Uh, Soccer Canada's success with the women's team. Soccer numbers are up. It helps. And winning helps. So let me ask you this. What do you think has a bigger effect along those lines? The Toronto Raptors winning the championship, which a lot of these things we've actually lived through. Because I remember a time where Canadian basketball was irrelevant in just about every not not only just in tournaments but let alone in the nba and then you have guys like wiggins and you have years where uh these players become top of the draft board and some serious hype comes from canadian players so what do you think well what what do you think affects uh the canadian spirit of basketball more is it the toronto raptors championship is it the success of a canadian player at the nba level or is it the success of our national team in something like the Olympics? And further along that line, do you think this is like the World Cup we talked about where they're just happy to make it there? Or do they have to win games at the Olympics for it to be a success? Uh, I'll start with that one because I don't think you necessarily have to be super competitive at the Olympics. But if Canada loses every game at the Olympics, it's not like people aren't going to be sitting here going, oh, yeah, at least we were there. At least we were nice to see. It goes back to the the whole Canadians at the World Cup thing too, right? Were we happy to watch Canada play at the World Cup? Yeah, it was great. But to be honest with you, we were all still hoping, and not just hoping, expecting Canada to compete at least a little bit, right? Like there's no denying that. So I think you need that. The Toronto Raptors championship obviously helps because it's essentially Canada's team, right? Even if it's not Canadian players, it is almost like the team that represents Canada. It's like when the Blue Jays do well. Canada's national team, whatever sport, has won, right? And that helps, I think, the youth, uh, attendance, everything like that going up. So um, I don't know if individual players are as big of a draw, except for in smaller areas, right? Like, we saw uh, Kitchener with a big boost, right, due to the NBA players coming out of Kitchener. Um, so you're going to see stuff like that, I think, for sure. But I think it's the teams that really help. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think you said it well. The only thing I, I, I might go a little further on is the this team didn't just squeak in to an Olympic berth. They were on the brinks last Olympics yeah. of making the Olympics and lost, I believe, just on, in, in one game. Not that I know the the Olympic qualifying off the back of my hand, but this team is very good and is still competing at a world tournament. And is uh, as we speak in the semifinals, I believe they got what Slovenia or something uh, like that. In, yeah, they beat in, Slovenia to get to the uh, get to the semifinals. The win that actually got them qualified for the Olympics was over a number one ranked Spain, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're talking about a team that isn't just you know kind of snaking their way in. Like, they're winning and they're winning important basketball games right so that serbia that's who they got because they get uh yeah that's who they got in the semi so they do have uh uh, like a tough matchup coming up and and they got some tough games coming up as well but my point is that this team didn't just kind of make their way into this tournament they are succeeding and powerhousing their way into this tournament so because of that i think it's it's going to be a disappointment if a all of the nba players do not go i think you need to see a full canadian roster and B, I think that they need to win a couple of games and maybe even make it out of a group stage to be competitive. No, I agree. I definitely agree. But uh, only time will tell, right? Like, who knows if the Canadian NBA players will show up, right? I would like to think they would, but at the same time, we'll never know. Uh, what are you What are you waiting for if you don't? What What tournament yeah, are you waiting? For? Yeah, this is this is the chance to. I don't know. Some guys just don't have the drive to play at an international tournament, right? Like, I I, I don't get it personally. I think you'd be chomping at the bit. Every guy that could possibly play on that team would want to be there. And the bigger would... question is if, if one of these NBA players, obviously you're going to take them, but how you know fair, if that's a word we can use here, is it to the players who got you there, this roster who got you to the Olympics, and all of a sudden you're going to have another player step uh, in. Who and and we've, we've seen that in the past. We've seen that in the past where guys didn't want to go take a spot of a guy that has been grinding at qualifying tournaments year after year to get to this spot. And you see, you, you've seen NBA players, even not necessarily on, on Canada, but they don't want to go and take that guy's spot who has been grinding 
well, I'm just going to sit here and, and hop in at the last minute, take all the glory, if you will. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. Smitty Mini Show. On the other side, we're going to say goodbye for another week of Mediocre Sports Talk. It's the Smitty Mini Show on the TSMS Radio Network. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. It may be warm outside, but it's never too early to get ready for the upcoming curling season. Check out the new Goldline catalog and gear up for the 2023-24 season. You can download a copy or request a physical one at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast episode. I think it's like 152 or something like that. Uh, we keep rolling along here for another week, but that is the end of the line for this week's show. We have reached our hour of time here uh, on the podcast and, of course, on our radio network. So we thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening with us again this week, and thank you for always tuning in wherever you are listening from. More great sports content is going to come your way next week. Uh, we'll dive into the first week of NFL games. What happened? Who won? Who were the top performers? We'll talk all about that on the show next week, as well as the Blue Jays in the big playoff push. So you know that is going to be on the docket for sure. Big thank you to our sponsors, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in King Carden. Life is brighter under the sun. Big thanks as well goes out to Danny Vietti, our guest on the show this week, talking some NFL or MLB, pardon me, and getting us uh, ready to break into this MLB postseason. So thank you to Danny for joining us, returning guest on the show from CBS Sports, as well as the Rake and Wake podcast from Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.